we have a special little compilation for you. This is the best of this year. The best sound bites, the best episodes, the most informative ones, the ones that you all went crazy for, we put it all into one show. Little gift wrap, red bow, little green wrapping paper, just for you. So happy holidays and all the love. People like fast fashion, but the cost is in the materials and the exposures of which we and our children are coming across every single day when we're putting on these clothes. Really one that was blowing up on a lot of these was phthalates. Now you may have heard me talk about these multiple times, but phthalates are a group of chemicals that are used to make plastics more durable. Now think about it. When you have these clothes, a lot of them utilize plastic. A lot of them are cheap plastic, but instead of them being stiff, they have to conform to the body because they're clothes. So what they do is they make plastic soft, right? They're malleable, they conform to the body. And because of that, they utilize it in fashion. So what are the effects of phthalates? Well, they have short half-lives. So unlike the PFAS that I just spoke about, which stay in our body 10, 15, 16 to 18 years, that's why they're called forever chemicals, PFAS, we actually pee out. Regardless, even if they have a short half-life of one, two, three days, we're still exposed to them so much that we can find them in people's bodies, just like BPA, almost at any given time. But they target mostly the endocrine or hormonal system. So if you are suffering with estrogen issues, testosterone disruption, progesterone issues, right? Acne, uh, reproductive issues, PCOS, uh, issues around your period, then you really have to start thinking about what role phthalates play in your health as well as BPA. They have a negative effect on multiple organs, just like PFAS and heavy metals, right? They're non-discriminate. And they typically manifest down the road as failed pregnancies, child growth issues, skin, respiratory issues. And a lot of people complain about the smell of these clothes when they open it up. And I would actually challenge you, not all chemicals have smells, right? Heavy metals don't tend to have smells. Phthalates do, um, BPA sometimes does, formaldehyde does. So when you open up these boxes or plastic, if it has a strong smell, you can almost guarantee that it's off-gassing these chemicals that are going to affect you, but it's not going to just be for that day, it's gonna be for the life of the piece. So if you're wearing fast fashion and you're giving it to your kids, you know, I, I watched this video from Health Canada and there was a, a cute little purse made for children that was really high in phthalates, those plasticizers to make the, the, the purse malleable. But I mean, you put it, you give it to a little girl, at some point she might put it in her mouth, but still she's gonna be touching it, it's, she's gonna be rolling around, playing in it, and it's exposure and we have to reduce exposure to reduce disease. And that bag that had the phthalates in it, super flexible, it was $13 and it was from Zaffle. There was another bag, a little red purse, I'm pretty sure that was targeted for kids from Shein. It had 50 times the limit for lead in Health Canada. So you have to think about how the kids are gonna be exposed to this. Again, it's not just oral, remember that. AliExpress has a raincoat, and what do raincoats do? They repel water. But the chemical that it repels water with is PFAS, just like Teflon, how it's water resistant or it's non-stick. It's the same idea. PFAS, if you've ever seen the movie Dark Waters, I would actually recommend you all watch it's a fantastic movie with Mark Ruffalo. PFAS are those forever chemicals that make us sick over time. It's not the things where you're exposed to PFAS and you go, oh, I'm really not feeling good. It's 10 years later, I'm not feeling good, I can't have a baby. I'm not feeling good, I have cancer. 
I'm not feeling good, I've developed diabetes and chronic disease, it's because the, the culmination of these chemicals in our body over time. And that's the water repellent action of PFAS. One of the worst items was found from Xi'an, and it was a trench coat that had 20 times higher the amount of lead than is allowed in Canada for children, right? And the raincoat was made for kids. AliExpress had a bib that had elevated levels of phthalates on a high on the high end of what Health Canada says is safe. Remember, and think about a bib, you know, that's that's where food is falling, that's where kids are picking up the food, they're eating it. So the whole point of this knowledge bomb is for us to just think about where we're putting our dollar because it's voting. Whether consciously or subconsciously, where we put our money is voting for what we're agreeing and allowing. And these fast fashion companies will always look to the cheapest products, right, for the trendiest stuff to get to you products that on the surface look, wow, I saved $10, I saved 20, I even saved $30 on this. But remember, there's always a cost. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alitura Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula 
packed with antioxidants that have been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. PFAS were in 72% of the products marketed as stain or water resistant, despite safer alternatives being available. And it's a big problem. Why? Because PFAS are there for the course of the lifetime of the materials. You can't just wash them away. Now, none of the ones without stain or water resistant marketing appear to contain PFAS. So some of the items that contain this toxic chemical, rain jackets, hiking pants, shirts, mattress pads, comforters, tablecloths, and napkins. Now remember, these 10 retailers, each of them had at least one PFAS-laden product. None were innocent. So make sure, again, as I said before, avoid stain and water-resistant products at all costs. Where are PFAS banned? Right now, in packaging, food packaging, California, New York, Maine, Vermont, Washington, Connecticut, and Minnesota have adopted legislation to protect our food packaging. But lots of brands are stepping in and doing good PR by removing it from their products as part of an effort to reduce this chemical load. So where else are PFAS found? So I just mentioned clothing, bedding, dining room products, but you also find it in carpets and couches. You also find it in makeup, which we'll talk about later. We also find it in Teflon. Teflon is so important because that's really where we're having a big exposure. Anything nonstick, super important, and drinking water. Go listen to the water episode one and two. I talk all about PFAS found in our drinking water and how it's one of the major routes which we're ingesting now. It's also in the air. It's also in the dust. We found occupational workers working with PFAS. The air and the dust contained exponentially high levels of PFAS. We found it in breast milk, and it's almost guaranteed to be in your blood. 2007 study found PFAS, PFOA actually, the specific type of PFAS chemical, in the blood of 99.7 Americans which is incredible. And if you remember, I mentioned all the systems that this chemical affects. You also heard me talk about Dark Waters a few weeks ago on the show. And this whole movie is based on how DuPont, the, the company that created this uh, technology or this chemical, uh, was poisoning at least 69,000 residents of the Ohio Valley and Ohio and West Virginia, and they drank contaminated water and they were getting sick, really sick, and so were their animals. So I actually urge you again, if you haven't watched it, Watch Dark Waters to learn more about how PFAS is affecting us and how companies like DuPont really don't care. And remember, our children are most at risk. Pound for pound, they're eating more food, drinking more water, and they're exposed to these materials on couches and carpets, right? They're rolling around on the floor being kids. So most importantly, we have to make sure we're protecting our children. All right, so what about in the home? Like I said, it's not just skin contact. Indoor air in homes has been found to have PFAS concentrations 10 to 100 times higher than outdoor air, which is why it goes back to so many shows I talked about, about how we need to pay close attention to our indoor air, because on average, indoor air is more polluted than outdoor air. One of those elements being PFAS. So the environmental impact, we know that these chemicals wash away when we're doing our laundry, and they come into the environment. And now wastewater management plants don't degrade these chemicals. So they're recycled back into our water, and if you're drinking tap water, you can almost be guaranteed to be drinking PFAS. 
It's coming from factories utilizing this chemical both as runoff and volatile chemicals in the air, right? They leach. So say we throw away our rain jacket or our carpet that we just don't want anymore um, or yoga pants that we won't, don't want anymore. These PFAS, they can also leach from landfills and they contaminate the approximately 16 billion gallons of water that are leaching from these landfills each year. And let me put out this staggering statistic. Washington State has estimated that 2,066 metric tons or 4.5 million pounds of PFAS in treated textiles are disposed of in landfills in the state of Washington every single year. And they've been detected in rivers, oceans, air near cities as well, remote areas. They even found them on Mount Everest. So they're all over the place. They ain't going anywhere. They take forever to degrade in our environment. They take years to degrade in our system. But we have to make sure that we're doing the things for us in our homes around our children to start protecting our home first and then expanding that out to the community by bringing more awareness. So what are some solutions? When it comes to materials that you're wearing or that you're bringing into the home, make sure they're OEKO Tech certified or GOT certified cotton or Green Guard Gold certified. This is gonna ensure that it's devoid of that chemical as well as many others, but really that we're talking about PFAS today. And as I mentioned, stay away from any stain resistance, water resistant, moisture wicking, sweat wicking, dry fit, any of those, anywhere where it says it, it's almost guaranteed to be full of these PFAS or forever chemicals. Wash your clothing before wearing it. This is just generally speaking, it's not gonna do much for PFAS. You can shop secondhand. And also just put some energy into researching more non-toxic athletic wear that you can be wearing that fits the certifications that I mentioned. And look for more natural fibers. Fibers like polyester or spandex or rayon are ones that are typically treated with PFAS. So in the package insert for one of the most popular birth control pills, Alessi, out there, what we see is that there's an increased risk of several serious conditions that include venous and arterial thrombotic or thrombolytic events. These are blood clots, right? Such as myocardial infarction, a heart attack, thromboembolism, and stroke. Hepatic neoplasia, increased risk for liver cancer, gallbladder disease, blood pressure, right? Although all of these really serious risks are small, a lot of people, one of the first things they ask me about birth control is, will it raise my risk for cancer, particularly breast cancer? And I've always been saying the same things for a while. And actually, if you look on the package insert, the quote by the company is this, the risk of having breast cancer diagnosed may be slightly increased among current and recent users of combination oral contraceptives. However, this excess risk appears to decrease over time after combination oral contraceptive discontinuation happens. By 10 years after cessation, the risk basically disappears. And I actually stand by that. All the research is saying that as you get off birth control, it takes about 10 years for your risk of breast cancer to decrease. There is an elevated risk, but I will say this. Your risk goes up the earlier you start taking it and the longer you start taking it. So the longer you're on it, your risk is uh, higher and higher. Also, remember, not everyone's created the same. So if you're predisposed, you have a family history or personal history of breast cancer, or I just did a show on estrogen and estrogen metabolism. If you're not breaking down estrogen properly in the liver, if you're constipated, you have all of these other issues with your gut, then it stands to believe that your risk for breast cancer is elevated as well. What's another cancer associated with oral contraception? Indirect calculations have estimated that attributable risk for liver cancer to be the range of 3.3 cases per 100,000 users. So it's small and it's there, but it increases 
after four or more years of usage. So again, if you have a family history of liver cancer, if you have hepatitis, if you smoke, if you drink, if you have any liver issues, right? Really important to know because the pill is taxing on your liver. And if you're taking birth control, you need to get your liver tested once a year. Go ask your doctor for an AST test, ALT, ALP, GGT, and bilirubin. Five tests to see the health of your liver and gallbladder to make sure that you're clearing, filtering, metabolizing, and the health of your organ is optimal overall. Also consider doing a liver supportive protocol while you're on your regimen. Talk to your doctor about what herbs or nutraceuticals would best fit your picture of health. What else can you do to support your liver when you're on the pill? Eat sulfur-rich foods. Really important, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli sprouts, really one of my favorite ones, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts. Eat more root veggies, beets, carrots, artichokes. What about quality protein? If you're vegan, make sure you're getting enough protein-rich foods. I would also suggest having healthy fats like coconut oil, avocado oil, cold press organic, olive oil, olives. Make sure your hydration is really, really up to par, about half your body weight in ounces. This is really important. If you're on the pill, the other side of it is that you really need to take care of yourself even more. And you gotta get rid of the things to disrupt your liver health. High fructose corn syrup, sugary foods, alcohol, cigarettes, seed oils like canola oil, soy oil, cottonseed, safflower, sunflower oil. Get off of those seed oils and make sure that you're really protecting your liver. If you're on the pill, you also gotta do the same thing with your gut. You have to make sure you're taking care of your gut. If you have gut issues, if you're constipated, big issue. I actually wouldn't recommend someone to be on the pill if they're constipated or with gut issues. So make sure you're optimizing your gut health. Why? The gut plays a major role in estrogen metabolism, right? After it's broken down in the liver, your estrobilome, the bacteria in your gut, release something called beta-glucuronidase. This is an enzyme that helps liberate estrogen. When it's imbalanced in the body, beta-glucuronidase is overactive, and what you're doing is liberating more and more estrogen. You need to be pooping if you are on birth control. This is so important. We can't play around with this, okay? Your gut health needs to be at the highest, most optimal. Remember, the pill would disrupt your gut microbiome too and its integrity, so making sure your tight junctions of your intestines are really, really at the most optimal health. Taking care, utilizing herbs that soothe the gut lining, utilizing probiotics, fermented foods, prebiotic foods that are actually feeding that gut microbiome. All the things you need to do if you're on the pill. Oral contraceptives have been shown to cause glucose intolerance also for a significant percentage of users. Oral contraceptives containing greater than 75 micrograms of estrogens can cause hyperinsulinism, right? While the lower dose of estrogen can cause less glucose intolerance. This is important. This may be the sole reason why people, there's certain people, there's a group of women who take birth control, who actually develop new acne. It could be because of blood sugar dysfunction. Now, metabolic health is a major driver of disease, period not just acne. When you couple that with a chronically poor diet with inflammatory foods, what you're going to see is metabolic dysfunction that is going to cause issues in every single system in the body. A small proportion of women will also have hypertriglyceridemia. These are when your triglycerides are elevated. So if you're on the pill, make sure along with the liver test that I just mentioned, you get the fasting glucose test, HbA1c, triglycerides checked every single year on a physical to make sure they're not out of balance. So what are some adverse reactions coming from oral contraceptive pills? Acne, amenorrhea, that's the loss of your period, anaphylactic reactions, including urticaria, 
angioedema, severe reactions in the respiratory or circulatory system, right? So any skin issues or shortening of breath can happen. Breast changes, tenderness, pain, enlargement of the breast, secretions through the breast. Bud Chieri syndrome, this is when the hepatic veins start growing or block, they get blocked, and then the veins that drain to the liver are narrowed by a clot of cells. So this causes a backup in the liver, the liver starts growing, it's a big problem, medical emergency. Cervical erosion, and secretion in the cervix. Uh, chorea, which is a neurological disorder. If you have it, it's gonna be exacerbated by birth control. Colitis, inflammation of the colon. Uh, intolerance to contact lenses. You may have experienced this already. Changes in the, and that's because you're having a change in the corneal curvature of your eyes. Dizziness, edema, fluid retention, very common. A lot of women gain weight on birth control. Erythema multiforme, which is basically a skin disorder or allergic reaction. Erythema nodosum, these are bumps that are found symmetrically in the shins. You may have found that. Very common gastrointestinal symptoms like abdominal pain, cramping, bloating, hirsutism, which is growing of hair in the body. You might find mustache hair, arm hair, armpit hair growing. Infertility after discontinuation of treatment, very, very important to talk about. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. Issues with lactation, libido changes, melasma you may find. A lot of women get melasma with birth control. These are basically dark spots caused by estrogen in the face, exacerbated by the sun. Changes in your menstrual flow, mood changes, depression, nausea, nervousness. Pancreatitis, pretty common when it comes to inflammation of the pancreas when you're on birth control. Rashes, scalp, hair loss, increase in folate levels in the serum, increase or decrease in your folate, your B vitamin levels, spotting of blood, Lupus can be exacerbated, vaginitis or yeast infections, uh, varicose veins, vomiting, weight loss, weight gain. These are all things that we see in women who are on birth control. So we really have to understand, although the risks are small, they're there and you can develop any of these and is it worth it, right? It's, and that's for you to answer, not me. Just because there haven't been studies on titanium dioxide and reproductive dysfunction doesn't mean that's not true. Remember, as I said, the vagina is rich in vascular tissue. So does this mean all tampons are safe for monthly use? No. Uh, maybe titanium dioxide we don't have to worry about. And I would say at this point, the way it's designed on the tampon and being on the string, it's not of worry. But there are worries about tampons and I stand back on my tampon show a few years ago. You know, there's over 11,400 tampons used over 2,200 days in someone's life. And I mentioned there's a lot of permeability in the vagina. And the FDA lists it as a medical device. That means chemical regulations like foods, drugs, and cosmetics are really different. Most of the testing, the safety testing is done by the manufacturer. That's a big conflict of interest. And they're not even required to fully list the ingredients. But we know some of the common ingredients in conventional tampons are things like glyphosate. It's the dirtiest crop out there. And 90% of cotton is going to be adulterated with glyphosate. And I'll go into that in a second. And for the rayon aspect of tampons, they're utilizing bleached wood pulp. And it's really important to understand that the byproduct that's made, dioxin, is super toxic. There are also a lot of absorbency enhancers, like deodorants, artificial fragrances, but back to dioxin. So number one, it's one of the most dangerous chemicals in existence. The EPA has no safe level. In 2002, bleaching tactics changed and reduced dioxin levels to negligible. The problem is, is that dioxin accumulates in the body over time. 
more and more and more, and it's really hard to metabolize and break down. NYU, one of the world experts on tampon, Dr. Philip Tierno, he said trace amounts are a concern, they're additive, and they can cause immune disruption, suppression of the immune system, pelvic inflammatory disease, endometriosis, miscarriages, infertility, diabetes, birth defects, breast and reproductive cancers, all from that chemical, dioxin. So even though it's in small levels on tampons, and a lot of people argue it's negligible, you don't have to worry about it, it bioaccumulates in the body over time. So we have to think bigger than going, oh, here is the product and here it's low, so it's safe. It doesn't work that way. The body doesn't work that way, right? Glyphosate, as I mentioned, if the tampon is not organic, you can almost be sure that it is adulterated with glyphosate. How much it's absorbed is in question. We don't know, but we do know about persistent exposure. It's not just in tampons. It's in the food, it's in the water, it's in Roundup-ready lawns, which you're being exposed to. Now, it leaves the body fully about 20 hours after exposure, but again, we're being exposed over and over. And we know for sure this chemical disrupts the gut lining and the integrity of those cells. It can cause a lot of issues in the gastrointestinal system, like leaky gut. And we also know that Monsanto, the people that were behind Roundup or glyphosate in the beginning, now brought out by Bayer, they know the mechanism of how it affects the gut. They know the mechanism of how it affects non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And we also, one more time, know that the vagina absorbs a lot. It's permeable. It's highly vascularized. So, to wrap it up, is titanium dioxide in your tampon going to kill you? Probably not. It's in the string. Is titanium dioxide as a whole concerning? Dermally, less so. Orally, maybe. We need to see further. And through inhalation, yes. When it comes to tampons, should we be free and not worry about anything when it comes to conventional tampons? No. We should worry about dioxin in the bleaching process, and we should worry about glyphosate just being in the cotton, as well as different chemical fragrances. So with that said, just go with organic. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? An experience to prove it's not only delicious, but it's also health focus. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid, scientific, research-based, rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty-grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health 
animal welfare and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Beauty Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roasts with sweet fruity notes and their dark roasts with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open. That I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights, and these are staples. And I, and not just me. I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle. Staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. Now, what are some of the top symptoms of a parasitic infection? Digestive problems, including unexplained constipation or diarrhea, persistent gas, abdominal pain, tenderness, some vomiting. What about your skin? We do see some stuff there. You can see rashes popping up out of nowhere. Eczema, huge one when it comes to parasitic infection. Hives, itching in the body. What about muscle and joints? The musculoskeletal system is another one that is affected, and you may find diffuse pain in the muscles or pain specifically in the joint. Also fatigue, even if you're not getting enough sleep. How about digestively, you're never feeling full. Even after a big meal, you wanna eat constant hunger. Even when you're eating, it's not enough. But with that said, you can also see weight loss. If you're chronically anemic, right? You're going to the doctor and your iron levels are low, you may wanna start thinking about parasites. If you have high eosinophils, right, in your test, you may want to think about parasites. Grinding your teeth during sleep, that's a big one. Unexplained feelings, you're getting anxious all the time. You may get moody, mood changes, recurrent yeast infections, itching of the anus or vagina, right, more mood swings. So who's at risk for a parasitic infection? Well, people who live in tropical or subtropical climates, poor immune system, people with poor microbiomes, eating a high-sugar diet, regularly jumping into pond, lakes, or rivers, or if you're regularly in contact with feces. Make sure that you're practicing safe sex using a condom because it can't be transmitted like that. Wash your hands regularly, especially after handling uncooked food or feces. Cook food to its recommended internal temperature. This is what I was talking about, raw meat. 
drinking clean water, including bottled water if you're traveling, not drinking water from the shower or from the faucet, avoiding swallowing water from lakes, streams, or ponds. Make sure you close that mouth. Avoiding cat litter or feces, especially if you're pregnant. Could be a really nasty parasite in there that you could be exposed to. And how do we test for parasites? Well, there's comprehensive stool analysis. This is gonna test the ova or the eggs of the parasite in your stool to determine the presence of an infection. You could do a three-day one or a one-day one. You can do an endoscopy or colonoscopy if the stool test fails to find any parasites, but your doctor's still suspecting and you're still suspecting something's going on. This would be a tube to the mouth or through the rectum with a camera to visualize and take tissue samples if needed. You can also do a blood test to test for antibodies or the presence of them in a blood smear. You may see elevations of a certain type of blood cell called eosinophils that I just mentioned before, so, or maybe some not at all. So you wanna make sure you work with your doctor to find out what the best approach is. And treatment-wise, there are many anti-parasitic drugs out there, but you gotta think about, do the side effects, because a lot of them have side effects, outweigh the benefit of them depending on the severity of the infection. Alternatively, you can think about things like papaya seeds. You can think about talking to your doctor to put together alternative therapies that work overall, like berberine, grapefruit seed extract, pumpkin seeds, garlic, wormwood, oregano oil, black walnut. I love the whole line from MediHerb. And lastly, Cellcore has a wonderful full moon kit with Power One, Power Two, Power Three, and Biotoxin Binder. That's a really good protocol if you do suspect parasitic infection. Here are my top reasons why you shouldn't get a tattoo. Now, this is not an order of importance, but these are all very, very important points. Number one, poor restriction and regulation. The regulation is terrible. It's worse than the cosmetics market. There are rules relating to this field that are controlled independently by each state, right? So the rules are not federal, it's state to state. So it differs wherever you are. Okay, the FDA is well aware that there are health risks to tattoos, we know this. In a study called Tattooed Skin and Health, published in the Current Problems in Dermatology Journal, they highlight that to many people's surprise, tattoo shop restrictions are abysmal. They're not required for any oversight by the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA. It's a regulatory federal authority that outlines safety and health standards for employees in contact with toxic or hazardous substances. So that's a big problem in itself because there's no federal mandate about how artists and tattoo shops have to approach their work. But just as bad, if not worse, is that Tattoo Inc. falls into the same loophole as cosmetics. This means that Tattoo Inc. is not FDA approved. Now, as a side note, not that that means much, because when people mention the FDA, I think of blind turtles on Xanax looking for the nearest corrupt paper to sign. But still though, there's significance in understanding tattoo regulation. FDA does actually have the power to regulate Tattoo Inc., but they don't. Why? Well, based on the aforementioned article, it's due to competing health priorities and a lack of evidence. Well, that's just not true. There's a lot of evidence out there that Tattoo Inc. isn't safe to put in human body, which I'll go into later. But Tattoo Inc. has been classified as cosmetics and not regulated before going to market. I'm gonna repeat that. Tattoo Inc. is not regulated before going to market. This is a major loophole and yet another airball by the FDA. Number two, Tattoo Inc. is toxic. This ink is coming from the painting and printing industry. Now we know that the FDA dropped the ball on Tattoo Inc. safety and regulation because they say there's not enough evidence, but let me share with you the evidence. So a study appropriately called Determination of Heavy Metals in Tattoo Inc. in the Journal of Biosciences, Biotechnology, and Research in Asia, they tested 
lead, cadmium, zinc levels in 100 samples of 12 different permanent makeup ink tattoo brands in different available colors, and they were randomly purchased. And the colors were black, white, yellow, brown, red, and green. And all the tattoo ink samples monitored in the study contained detectable levels of lead and cadmium. So a quote from the article, cadmium contents in all group colors in Chinese and USA brand samples was much higher than the maximum limited 0.2 milligrams per kilogram set by the EPA at the highest one related to the white color of 2.1473 milligrams per kilogram. In the black and white color, the highest and lowest levels of lead were observed respectively. White, yellow, orange ink samples shown to have the highest level of zinc. What does this all mean? Well, lead is a problem. It's a big problem. It's a neurotoxin. For children, it creates behavioral changes, learning disabilities for adults. It creates cognitive changes, memory and mood changes, and blood pressure dysfunction. It builds up in the kidneys. It builds up in the bones. It's a probable carcinogen in humans, meaning it causes cancer, probably. Cadmium causes cancer and targets the body's cardiovascular, renal, gastrointestinal, neurological, reproductive, and respiratory systems. And zinc, although they sell it at the supplement store when you take too much, can cause flu-like symptoms of metal fume fever, which causes stomach and intestinal disturbances and liver dysfunction. And now another study called Metal Toxicity, Tattoos, Safe Symbols, in the Environmental Health Perspective Journal, Really nice quote by them. Titanium and aluminum are often used as colorants in tattoos. More worrisome, inks using non-metal colorants may include traces of antimony, arsenic, beryllium, chromium, cobalt, lead, nickel, and selenium. Now, the author says the ink used in a 3 by 5 inch tattoo contains 1 to 23 micrograms of lead versus 0.5 micrograms per day permitted under Proposition 65 in California. A lot more lead in a three to five inch tattoo than is, than is allowed in California. Alcohol is the worst drug out there. It is the number one worst drug. 2010 study in the prestigious Lancet scored 20 drugs on 16 criteria. Nine related to the harms that the drug produces for the individual, and seven related to the harms that they produce to others. And the drugs were scored out of 100 points and the criteria are weighed to indicate the relative importance. Modeling showed that heroin, crack cocaine, and methamphetamine were some of the most harmful drugs to individuals, whereas alcohol, heroin, and crack were the most harmful drugs to others. But overall, when they took all of this information, scored it, alcohol was the most harmful drug with an overall harm score of 72, with heroin with an overall harm score of 55 and crack 54, second and third place. It's a cold hard fact that has been echoed in multiple studies continually scoring alcohol as the worst drug out there. Okay, the score must be so high because it's harming others, but actually no, alcohol is terrible for the body. And don't let the social acceptance tell you otherwise. Research shows that one in 10 individuals aren't aware of how bad alcohol is. It's causing seven different types of cancers in the body, oropharynx, larynx, esophagus, breast, liver, colon, and rectum and the head and neck is the strongest evidence out there. Why? Because alcohol, the ethanol, is an oxidant in the body, and it continuously produces ongoing oxidation, creating cellular changes that can cause DNA damage and lead to cancer. Nearly three million deaths globally are attributed to alcohol use, including 12% of deaths in males between the age of 15 and 49. So up to June 1st of 2021, Science believed that alcohol can be consumed in small amounts and it would be safe. And binge drinking, that's the problem. But now we know that ain't true. 
Oxford University showed that no amount of alcohol is safe for consumption, and it is detrimental to the brain. The researchers set out to look at the effects of the brain when exposed to alcohol. And they were operating from the premise that moderate amounts of alcohol is common and viewed harmless to brain health. The groups of participants were never drinkers, former drinkers, and current drinkers. And what they tested, among many other endpoints, was brain volume and matter. So here are the six alcohol myths that we learned based from the 2021 Oxford study. No alcohol is healthier than the other. The belief that wine is healthier is false. Alcohol is alcohol, regardless of resveratrol in wine, probiotics in hard kombucha, low sugar in vodka, it doesn't matter. Two, there's no safe dose for alcohol for the brain, and that was found. Three, Moderate consumption is associated with more widespread adverse effects on the brain than previously recognized. Four, moderate amounts of alcohol can cause brain changes that are equivalent to seven glasses of wine, seven spirit drinks, or eight glasses of beer per week. And even light drinking can affect the brain, and that's 3.5 glasses of wine per week, three and a half spirits, and four glasses of beer. And number six, alcohol isn't safe. Alcohol will affect you in a dose-dependent manner throughout the time that you've been drinking it. And even a low dose will affect your health. So if you need more, I got you. Alcohol makes you less resilient of a human being. It disrupts the way your brain talks to your adrenal glands. So a 2016 study in the Canadian Journal of Psychiatry showed alcohol, chronic alcohol, exposure is associated with systemic dysregulation of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis sympathetic adrenal medullary systems, and sex steroid systems. So what this means is that your capacity to handle stress is reduced and or you're hypersensitive to everyday stressors, even more stressed than you would be if you didn't drink alcohol. And the more you drink, the more you develop sympathetic dominance. That's fight or flight. You're always in damage control mode. And this is the reason why people who have withdrawals are having withdrawals, because the sympathetic Hormones are up, and it's pushing them to drink more alcohol to regulate themselves, especially when you're chronically drinking. It disrupts your heart rate variability. This is a big, big marker for how you handle stress in life. It increases your basal heart rate, increases your blood pressure overall. And your sex hormones, when you drink alcohol, are a mess. Fellas, your testosterone will drop, and fellas and ladies, your estrogen levels will rise, and you'll see the manifestation of hormonal dysfunction, like acne, mood changes, sleep disruption, changes in sex drive, fertility issues, weight gain, gut issues, headaches, ladies, uterine fibroids, breast cysts, hot flashes, menstrual issues, you name it. Alcohol is a multi-systemic forest fire. So to think that exercising, healthy eating, and hydration the next day is a remedy is like thinking you can bring a sand bucket of water to a blazing house fire. When was the last time you truly had a mindful meal? using every single sensation, right? No TV, no distractions, no phone, no conversations. When was the last time you truly had a moment in gratitude for where the food came from? How about the last time you fully activated your senses with your food? The smelling, the feeling, the tasting, the chewing. Until every bite just completely disintegrates in your mouth and then feeling it go down your digestive system. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's easy to tell ourselves that we don't have time for mindfulness. We'll get some research-based recommendations later on, yeah, but really simply putting yourself in the now moment, now more than ever, is essential. It could be as simple as just 
putting a post-it note in front of your door every time you walk and it says, take five seconds to stop and breathe and check in with yourself. The real reason most of us avoid being mindful is that we're, one, so used to being overstimulated and removing that stimulation and just being with our mind can be uncomfortable. It's gotta be uncomfortable to be with your thoughts and feelings that come up in the absence of distraction. And two, it's a way we protect ourselves. We pull our awareness up into our brain. We pull our awareness up into our mind to run away from what is in the body. It's so difficult for so many people to be in their body and to be with themselves. And it's so easy to be in the mind with your thoughts. We love resting in the throne of the ego, but we hate being in the muck of the body. But the illusion is that the muck is in the body. The truth is your truth, your health, every answer, everything you ever needed is in your body. We protect ourselves from feeling the emotions that we don't wanna feel in the body. And we pull ourselves up to our brain and we protect ourselves from those emotions with things like anxiety and depression and addiction. And then we create diagnoses and books and protocols all around it, drugs, supplements. But the fact of the matter is, is that's the way we protect ourselves from feeling the emotions that we don't wanna feel. So the question is, should we be treating the anxiety, depression, and addiction, or should we just bring people to the emotions that we don't want to feel? So when you think about this, when you think about mindfulness, are you avoiding being mindful because being mindful brings you into your body? And if you're in your body, are you ready to feel the emotions that you don't want to feel without the protection? Now let's chat about something crucial, that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products, as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, Right? We have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Puri's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puri is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puri.com. Use my promo code DRG, that's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puri. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century-old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha 
not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick. Yeah, okay. But for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting and antioxidant benefits, the phytonutrients nurture my digestive system. The EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently. And the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see, I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up. So easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha, plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. If the answer is no, then that's fine. You can always fall back into anxiety, depression, addiction. But if the answer is yes, you can always face the parts of you that you didn't ever want to face. And no, they ain't ever as scary as you thought. And you ain't going to die because children experience their parts of them always. The anger, the sadness, the guilt, whatever it is, comes up, it's expressed, and then they don't think about it two hours later. We hold on to it and we try to hold those marbles until we finally are ready to let them go. And when we let them go, the irony is that that we think it's scary, but it's the most liberating thing in the world. So coming into mindfulness, what does mindfulness mean? You're coming into your body, remembering who you are. Now, if anyone resonates with this, this is powerful. Just like you go to the gym for your body and there are practices that you know, been proven to grow our ability to just stay mindful every single day, right? Meditation, so much more. We're gonna go through some of the evidence-based techniques now. I'm gonna give you practical examples of how you can begin to implement mindfulness into your daily life at a sustainable rate that fits you. All right, so mindful eating. When you hear mindfulness, this is one of the easiest things you can do. When you hear mindfulness, the first image probably comes that you're sitting down quiet, not having any thoughts, it's a form of meditation and it has its benefits and we'll get there. But I just want to start with something really easy that you can do every single day and it's eating. Now, how do we eat a meal, right? Perhaps we're rushing or we're watching TV or eating dinner or talking to someone, but this is an awesome, perfect place to start your mindfulness practice. Pick a meal, one meal, and just engage your five senses. Start looking at your food. What colors do you notice? Take time to practice some gratitude. What brought the food in front of you? Think about the soil, the farmers, the grocer that you interacted with. You for cooking the food, bringing it to yourself. And think about all the things that happen for the food just to be in front of you. Take a moment to acknowledge it. Then go into your eating. Slow down. Really slow down what you're eating. It can just be the first bite, but chew your food until it turns into liquid, mush. Be very aware the different textures and tastes that are there. Did you know that research has shown that the longer you chew, the more the food's glycemic index is reduced. That means it's having a less effect on your blood sugar. That's crazy. Additionally, there's a substantial amount of research out there that's been pointing in the direction that says eating rate is as an important factor in influencing energy intake in acute settings, such as those who eat really quickly seem to eat more compared to those who eat at a slower pace, all within one meal. So one tip for accomplishing mindful eating is to use smaller utensils. Chopsticks, chopsticks are amazing, right? They lead to a decrease postprandial glycemic response, meaning your blood sugar isn't as high as it would be if you were taking big spoonfuls and big forkfuls and smaller, more mindful bites. Now this practice can just start with one meal. You don't need to completely overhaul your daily routines. Start small, see how you feel, 
and then expand from there. What do we need to look out for? What are some of the major symptoms, right? And look, if you're suffering with any of these, one, maybe two, it doesn't mean your kidneys are falling apart. I promise you that. But if you do recognize some of these things and it sounds like the picture that you've been suffering with, you gotta go to the doc and get them checked, okay? Nausea, vomiting, decreased energy, poor sleep, your loss of appetite, muscle cramps, swelling in your feet or your ankles around your eyes, dry, itchy skin, shortness of breath, trouble sleeping, urinating either too much or too little, and seeing foam in your urine means you're losing protein, very important to look at. But why do we develop kidney disease? Well, some of the main risk factors for developing kidney disease are really common in the United States. Diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, and even a family history of kidney failure. And we know a lot of Americans suffer from these diseases. One of the major reasons why is because we just have a really inflammatory diet. The standard American diet is sad and it's inflammatory and it's causing a lot of pressure, increased blood pressure literally, but a lot in the kidneys. You see, the vasculature in the kidneys, right? The filtration system in the kidneys is very delicate. So throughout a lifetime, when it's being insulted over and over and over, what happens is those filtration nets, for lack of better terms, they begin to degrade, they begin to inflame, and they begin to break down. So the food in America is a big cause of it, but also we really accept the drinking of alcohol, which we know causes kidney issues. And to a lesser degree, we accept smoking, but those are big lifestyle choices that affect the kidneys. Now, there was a study at the University of Queensland, and researchers analyzed the link between pesticides exposure and the risk of kidney dysfunction in 41,847 people. And they used data from the United States National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. Now, within these people, the ones that were exposed to a higher amount of the insecticide malathion, also known as maldison in Australia, had 25% higher risk of kidney dysfunction. Now, the quote from the lead doctor, Dr. Osborne, says this, Nearly one in 10 people in high-income countries show signs of chronic kidney disease, which is permanent kidney damage and loss of the renal function. And it's no surprise, we know that pesticides or environmental toxins that we're exposed to have an affinity for the kidneys, nephrotoxicity it's called. And we see that a lot in a lot of studies, nephrotoxin, nephrotoxicity. It's because the kidneys are part of your detoxification pathway for these water-soluble toxins. And a lot of these pesticides are water-soluble. A lot of them build up in the adipose tissue, yes, but a lot of them you just pee out, right? So we have to think about when you're removing it from your urinary tract, how it's affecting the tissues that it's coming into contact with. And inevitably, it's causing inflammation and damage. So another study in the Environmental Research and Public Health Journal said this, Organophosphate and pyrethroid groups of insecticides are most commonly used pesticides in agricultural and domestic settings. And multiple adverse effects of pesticide exposure on kidney function and structure have been identified in animal studies. We see a lot in animals, okay? And one 2015 study demonstrated that nephrotoxicity of pesticides triggered epigenetic effects and pathophysiological changes in the kidney. What that means is the more exposure to these nephrotoxic pesticides in these animals, it's literally changing the function of the kidney, the genetic expression of the function of the kidney because of these pesticides causing disruption. Continuing the quote, in addition, pyrethroid exposure in rats causes oxidative stress 
that induces tissue damage. And they mentioned chlorpyrifos, another pesticide that accumulates in adipose tissue in the liver and the kidney. And when it's exposed to the plasma membranes of the cells of the kidney, this causes tissue damage and loss of enzyme activity. So let me tie this all up in a, in a nice bow. What's happening is this. These pesticides that we're being exposed to through food and through water are having an affinity for the kidney. And when it reaches the kidney, what it's doing is it's causing genetic changes that are causing a functional change in the kidneys. But not only that, it's leading to the damage and loss of enzymes. So now the kidneys aren't even functioning efficiently. So they're inflamed, they're breaking down, and they, they're not even functioning the way they should be. Is Brita a good filter? Well, my opinion, no. But let me say this, any filter is better than drinking tap water. And if a doc tells you tap water is safe, go run the other way. Now, Brita does a good job at removing some, but not all of the crap that's in the water. You go to the website, and at minimum, it's going to remove 93 to 99% of chlorine, lead, mercury, cadmium, benzene, asbestos, all those nasty stuff that you don't want in your water. It's also going to do an effective job at removing BPA, which is the, one of the nastiest ones for your hormones. Estrone, can you believe that there's hormones in our water? Ibuprofen, naproxen, Aleve. But what it doesn't remove effectively is all of the pesticides and herbicides, which I talk about so much. It removes some, but not all. There are so many. So let's get into this. We have so many insecticides, fungicides, and herbicides in our water. A 2021 study by the Journal of the American Chemical Society showed that 90% of the 442 U.S. streams sampled by federal scientists had toxic pesticides and their byproducts. And if you go to the Environmental Working Group's tap water database, they based water tests on public water systems nationwide. And in 2015, they showed that atrazine was detected in more than 800 systems in 19 states at levels exceeding health protective guidelines. This is the pesticide that has been feminizing amphibians. Now, I spoke about pesticides and nauseam, right? They cause cancer, they cause birth defects, reproductive harm, immunotoxicity, neurological and developmental toxicity, and disruption of your hormone system. And yeah, you pee some of them out, but many of them bioaccumulate in your system. Environmental Science and Technology Study 2021, they tested groundwater from public supply wells across the United States to test for 109 pesticides and 116 byproducts. The samples of 1,204 wells and aquifers representing 70% of the volume of water pumped into our drinking supply, 41% were found to have pesticide compounds detected in it. That's incredible. So why doesn't the Brita remove well? Well, microorganisms. It doesn't clean it very well. Multiple independent tests have found elevated levels of bacteria mold in Brita, so you need regular cleaning. Arsenic also doesn't filter out arsenic very well which increases the risk of peripheral neuropathy, cardiovascular disease, myocardial infarction, stroke, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, lung disease, overall diabetes, and a strong link to skin, lung, and bladder cancer. What else doesn't it remove? Fluoride, major neurotoxin for the brain, especially in your children, creating lower IQ scores. So the standard Brita doesn't remove microplastics, which is a big problem when it comes to disruption of our hormones, leading to obesity, cardiovascular disease, reproductive disorder, and connected to breast cancer. It also doesn't remove PFAS. Those are the forever chemicals that don't just wreak havoc on our environment, on our bodies also. They stay in our bodies for many, many years, causing thyroid issues, cancer, low birth weight, you name it.
All right, it is the end of the year at Heal Thyself, another year in the books. We've been doing this for quite a while now, but so much love and support from you. And it's unbelievable to see. And I read the DMs, the reviews, and how much it's helped. You know, we did the, the Spotify wrapped, came out, and to see how many people were loving Heal Thyself and how many minutes y'all spent listening to Heal Thyself was so beautiful to see because I know that it is making a difference in so many people's lives. And look, this is part of my purpose, but I'm hoping that this opens a space for even more purpose for all of you. You find in your healthiest self, your purpose. You find in your healthiest self, closer relationships, closer community, right? Better diet, better, better gut health, better energy. That is not by mistake. As you heal thyself, you start healing the people around you. And people start feeling your energy. How many of you have heard, wow, you're just looking healthier, you, your energy's better. And how much of a influence you have on that very person, and that person to another person, and that person to another person. So it's so beautiful to even know that this show may have had even just a slight fraction of that with you is unbelievable. Keeps me going, loving what I do just because of this. So this is how we do this and this is how we change the world. So I wanna thank you all for coming to Heal Thyself week to week, whether you've been at it from day one or even just last week and making this one of your favorite shows and rating and reviewing and subscribing and supporting and giving all the love to the show and giving it to your loved ones has been just so beautiful to see. So thank you so much. Happy holidays and all the love.